This is not Cha Music Review Podcast. Cha Music Review Podcast. Cha Music Review Podcast. Cha Cha Music Review Podcast. Baby, let's go! Good day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and members of the Cha Cha Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Cha Cha Spotlight Series on the Cha Cha Music Review Podcast. My name is Afis Tonova, aka your musical plug, creator of the Energy Force. I know I get to do it on the Cha Cha Spotlight Series. I get to bring fast rising artists and we talk about their musical journey and everything in between and without wasting much of your time let me allow my artist for today to introduce herself hello everyone my name is Fumi Arawa I am an artist musical artist been doing music for a little bit now Mm. uh was uh, the Footburner Rocket Project fame and also the, the semi-finalist of The Voice Nigeria Season 2. I'm also a songwriter. I'm also into advertising, the music part, movie scores, and my whole life is just full of musical, creative things. Um, when you're introducing yourself, you said your name is Sumi Arewa, right? Yes. Okay, so let me ask you, is that like, you know, your real name or your nickname or is that your stage name? That's actually my real name. My full name is Comfortolua Fumilayo Arawa. And my stage name is Arawa. Arawa is actually my surname. (laughs) And people are always like, that that sounds like what? Yeah, I mean, you know, in in this part of the country, when you say Arewa, it sounds like, oh, she's from the north or something. Yeah, that's because you're, you're pronouncing it as Arewa. It's actually Arewa. Okay, which means, you know, beautiful, beauty, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So a lot okay. of people just pronounce it wrong sometimes, but it's a Yoruba name called Arewa. Okay, okay. Now, 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 now I get that. All right, so let's talk about, um, you know, your musical uh, journey. When exactly would you say, you know, music, um, you know, started for you? Like, when was the first time you discovered music? And then when did you start doing music professionally? Okay, I think I discovered music as a child because I had a father that was so in love with music. So I grew up listening to a lot of oldies because my dad had a lot of these CDs in the house, you know, these big ones. And um, he would play Kenny Rogers, Whitney Houston, all of them, Michael Jackson, just all of them. He was just a very big fan of music. And so basically my music journey started as a child. Then I joined the choir. And when I joined the choir, I was, uh, I didn't even know that I could sing. I just, I would see my sister in the choir and people in the choir. I'm just like, okay, I like what they're doing. So let me just sing, you know? So that's what I, that's how my my music journey started in the choir. Then um, I, I started, I joined a group. I remember when I was in secondary school called, um, destined souls we used to sing you know in churches and just go from one place to another and it was so fun because we were you know creating a buzz back then then i left that group and joined another group called king's chosen 
you know, so basically that's how my music journey started. It was from the church. I know that sounds cliche because that's what everybody, but I mean, my story is just the same, just like every other black singer. We all started in the church. And then um, I started um, singing for um, for Lonshala Kija. She has a choir. You know, so I started um, doing music with her. Then I started doing backup for artists. I used to do backup for Praise and uh, The Pulse back then. There was just, I think, Rugged Man. A lot of artists back then, whoever, depending on whoever needed the service. So I was doing that. And then um, I started also working as a staff in another church you know, working for them as a, a paid um, singer. Then I went to Project Fame. And then, you know, it was, that was, Project Fame was where I would say that the real shift in between me just being a singer, was just having a dream and doing things. That was the shift. That was, that was the shift for me. At what point, because, I mean, by the time you went to Project Fame, you already know that, okay, music is what I want to pursue. Or Project Fame, something okay. like, oh, let me just try and see how it goes. Like, at what point did you say music was what I wanted to do, you know, as a career? And what, you know, inspired or, you know, led you to that decision? Okay, I think the point where I actually knew that music was what I wanted to do was way before Project Fame, actually. It was, you know, when I was in, before I even joined that group, in school, in second school, um, I think I was in GS1 or thereabouts. I remember they used to do this, um, we used to have different activities, you know, that we could do. Sometimes they do these talents things in school and then I remember that we we anytime they had that I would always sing and I remember one day I sang and somehow um, we had a, a teacher that was from Cameroon then and there was another lady she was she was our French teacher and I remember singing I was just singing and enjoying myself I remember I sang the song I know my redeemer lives back then it was a really popular song and then she was crying and she couldn't stop crying you know she it had I'm singing I just noticed when I was in secondary school that I I would be singing and it would it would be having an effect on people that I myself couldn't really explain, but it was helping some people like heal. It was helping some people like just bring out like maybe hurt or pain or something that you've been hiding away. So it might come out in the form of tears, make some people happy, you know. So I just noticed that when I sang, it it had a positive effect on people and I loved the feeling of it I love feeling like I was touching I was able to touch someone with something that that's coming through my mouth you know and it was such a part then I I started to understand how powerful the tool was and I remember we 
did go for a competition with all the schools. And when I sang to, you know, the same thing, it was a really big competition. And we won that competition because, you know, there was just um, um, uh, um, a lot of people who were so in love with the talent that I brought to the table, plus my talking, you know, passionately talking about things and the poem and all of that. So at that point, I knew when I was in secondary school about GS class that this was what I wanted to do because I loved how it made me feel. I loved how it made other people feel. It just was a means for me to express a lot of things that I couldn't really put into, like I couldn't say when I'm talking, but when I'm singing or I'm humming a melody, it just makes me feel like I'm just pouring out the things that I can't really talk about. So for me, it was therapy. It was also very beautiful to me to see that other people could get touched just by this one act that I was doing. I just knew at that point that I want to do this forever. Like, why wouldn't, like, this is so beautiful because it's a very powerful tool to have, you know, you can, you can literally change a lot of things. You can, you can fix things. You can do anything can happen when you're singing, you know? So that's the point I knew that, you know, that was it. But you know how it is, even though I knew that that was what I wanted to do along the way, you know, I was really young. So sometimes you could, feel like okay maybe I'm not so right or maybe there are other things too that I could love as much as that so it actually it's a journey because when I went through life at some point you feel like okay maybe that was just something that happened once or okay it's just the feeling that happens that time maybe something else make me feel this way but going through life I realized that nothing else made me feel that way so I just stuck with it and I started chasing a dream in that direction okay uh, that's a very interesting, um, you know, story you just said right there. But then again, I mean, between when you now decided to, okay, you know what, nothing makes me feel alive, nothing makes me feel, you know, unique aside from music, right? And you said, okay, yeah. now there's an opportunity for me to go and join Project Fame. Let me go there and try my luck and see what happens. Now, yeah. at what point did you inform your parents about, oh, okay, I want to do music was it before the project film or was it at after project film what was it like with you and your parent when it comes to your music career at the early stage i i didn't ever have a conversation with them and tell them oh like this is what i want to do fully it was just always a part of my life like through school and they saw it i was in a group i was singing i was just always singing you know so they knew that okay this girl likes singing but I, there was no way I couldn't stand up and tell them, oh, like, all I want to do is sing and I don't want to do anything else. I didn't even have the era to say that. So even though I was doing singing, they really saw it as something that I was just passionate about, but they didn't, they didn't really think of it as my career. So I still had to go to school and do and, you know, I still had to go through and get my bachelor's degree and, you know, all of that. So I still had to do that because there was no way I was going to tell them, you know, the only I knew that the only way to 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 tell these people would be to show them, you know, for them to see that, OK, this is her way. 
so she has to find this way but i i didn't really have that conversation okay the only time maybe my parents would they didn't even ask me if music they, they just asked me which course i want to study in school you know so there was not really an option for me i didn't have a, an option to say okay maybe i'm going to go and study music in school i couldn't say that so there was no <laughs> i don't know how to say whether there wasn't any option so i just had to go to school to study um uh, uh, industrial relations and personnel management you know the only time when i had uh, when they understood, I didn't even need to now say to them that, okay, this is this girl's path, was when they saw that, okay, this girl is, she goes for a competition and everybody's like buzzing, she's all over the place. So when they had to experience, they sort of had to live through that with me. So that gave them an understanding of the, uh, the fact that you know, this girl wouldn't be happy doing anything else, but I didn't really need to talk about it because initially I, I knew I wouldn't have a choice. So there was no point even talking about it. Um, we, we did. That's just how we played out between myself and and my parents. Okay, I mean that's that's um that is a very very um interesting one. Like you said, they had to like live through and witness the experience together uh with you which was which was good which is very very good now you were also mentioning you know you having to go to school and you know you having to get your degrees and all of that now yeah. when you were in school were you involved in music were you actively involved what was it like for you in school so when i was in school music i can say that is the only thing i never stopped doing even when I was in school, I was very busy with my music life because, you know, after all the King's Chosen and all of that, I now became a part of a band that used to play at gigs. So I started doing gigs with bands. Weekends, I'm always busy. I have a wedding to go here. I have this company's event. Like, so it's all through my spirit was packed with, with music, you know, like I said. I used to back up artists. All of those that was happening when I was in school I was backing up artists. I was, in fact, I remember that I would have shows sometimes when I have exam the next day, you know. And I'm I'm coming from the show in the morning, and I'm I'm just going straight. My friend is getting my clothes for me, like right. She's bringing my clothes very close to school because I can't even go home. So I'm wearing my clothes somewhere in the bathroom somewhere or something or just trying to see if I can brush my teeth, you know, somewhere very close to the school. I just put on the clothes and then I'm off. So I have my my jotter with my, my book. I'm reading before I get on stage with the artist. So that was my life. My life was always about music. So even though I was in school, I would say that like it was 50 50 i was 50 percent in school i was 50 percent working like i was doing the two together it was not easy at all i have to tell you but i was because it was also my means of livelihood as at that time that's that's that part was what was paying the bills also and it was taking care of me so i had to work so music was something i used as a means to work so I was doing the when I was I never left music. So now let's get into you know the project fame. How did you or why did you decide to say I want to go 
this route. I mean, like you said, you've been doing music in school. You could have said, okay, you know what? After school, let me chase my career. Let me look for, you know, maybe a record label to sign me. Let me do this. Let me do that. But you decided to go for, you know, more or less like a talent on per se. So why did you decide to go that route? And tell us the experience, you know, of being somebody that went for Project Fame. What was it like? Okay, so um, even though I knew that I had a music dream, you know, but I still, I still felt largely like it was in my head and I wasn't absolutely certain that, okay, okay, if I now, you know, sometimes as a creative, even though you know that this is what you want to do, you have this, you can second guess, creatives second guess themselves a lot. I've noticed, I mean, I mean, through a lot of friends that I have, it's almost the same issues. Like you second guess yourself and you're like, okay, like if I really go out there, what is to say that I'm going to be accepted? You know, anybody. So, and then when you're, you're also, while you're thinking about that, you're also dealing with your life issues that happen to you every day. So it's sort of like, can start making you, you just like whatever it is that you're getting from it, you just want to stay in that corner and just keep doing it. So for for Project Fame, I actually, a lot of people around me had been telling me to go for Project Fame. They've been telling me your voice is so amazing, you know, like you should go for one of these competitions. I mean, I went for season eight, so they've been doing a lot of seasons. And I just did it all through that time. I don't know how. Somehow I never saw myself going for a competition. I just felt like, oh, it's just going to be too stressful. As in, why do I want to go? Like, who knows? Like, you go now. Like, what's going to happen? You know, there was just a lot of me telling myself through the years that it wasn't necessary, it wasn't necessary. Number two, um, the first time that I actually put in try to go for project fame i wasn't i was in my final year i remember i think it was season actually season seven or so i was in my final year and i went for the audition and you know i got picked at the audition but then i was in my finals like i couldn't it, it, for me at that point i had to pick between finishing up that or like adding an extra year myself in school and I didn't have that luxury honestly that I didn't have that luxury of doing that I'm going to waste the money I've paid now then I'm not going to pay another money to do a full let's try here again you know it just felt like why I mean I just told myself what's the rush finish you're almost done finish up with your 400 level you know school and then Another time will come, another opportunity you will go. So that was the first thing that happened. But then I went for, um, I remember I went for my NYSC. Yeah, I think I went for the NYSC in uh, in uh, Delta State. And then to uh, I sang in camp and all of that. You know, everybody just kept telling me, oh, you should go for this. You should go for this. You should go for like I had so a lot of people. Honestly, I went for Project Fame because a lot of people felt like, oh, you should do this. You should try this. Okay, then I when I saw the um audition, 
and I'll told myself, I was like, okay, let me just try it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work. But as at that time too, there was another issue, which was that I was serving. So it was going to be difficult for me. How do I serve and then be you know, at P-Fame at the same time? So I was like, all right, let me just go for the audition. When I get to that bridge, I'll cross it. You know, so at that point, I honestly just went for that um, um, audition just as a, you never know. Who knows? Anything can happen. You're going to meet new singers. You know, just let's try. You know, I didn't really, it wasn't something I thought about so deeply or I thought about it like, okay, let me do this now. Like, this is the key to my whole life. No, I just felt like, okay, let me try. Who knows? Maybe something, maybe someone will hear me and be interested in my music. Maybe, maybe, maybe this will push my music a bit forward or get me a bit close, you know. So there was just a lot of maybes and I'm just like, okay. I should just go because if I don't go, I'll always be stuck with the maybes in my head. I'll just always be stuck with them in my head. So I just said, okay, let me go. And then I went to the audition. My first, because there are some stages you have to pass through before you even get into the house. Like those ones are not even the ones, they don't get aired. So you do the, go through the first rounds, way through the first round. And I remember it was, my audition was actually one of the craziest auditions ever because there's a long list of people on the queue. And I was, uh, by the time I got in for my own chance to audition, and it was Uncle Ben that actually gave me my very first, uh, was my, the very first audition. And everybody has at that time always avoided Uncle Ben because he was the toughest um, person at auditions so everybody's like i just go to another person because they they had these boots so there's there's a lot of different people in all the boots so when you go in you just go into like one of the boots and then you audition so i remember going in i i had done that before like i said the first time that i got picked and i couldn't go so this time around it was I got there and Uncle Ben only had one yes card because they had to give you a yes card for you to go to the round or to the next round where you now see three judges and they might give you another yes again or no. So Uncle Ben had just one yes left for that day of audition. And there was about 40 people on his queue. So one of the 40 people was just the only person that's going to get that yes. So it's crazy enough, you know, normally because you enter one, one. So once you enter, normally how it's supposed to be is you enter one into the boat. If you get a yes, you go once, um, you know, their yes is done, you know, every other person, that's it. You try your luck again next time, you know, but this time around, since we're already inside and we're about 40 and Uncle Ben was doing his own audition in the very... Now he had only one card, so he now had to tweak it, like change it. And I said, okay, so what he's going to do is all of these 40 people, you all are going to be singing round, like one after the other. So when you guys sing round, when you sing round the first time, some people will get cut out. 
you sing around again the second time. I didn't even plan for more than one song, you know? So it was a very crazy audition, the one that I had. And I remember looking at all these amazing singers all around me and were at this audition and people were just being, just kept cutting, cutting people off. Like it would just be like, okay, you go, you go, you go. So it got to the point where every other judge had finished up their, what they were doing. So all the judges started looking because it was like a dramatic, that wasn't the normal way they did that first one. So everybody started watching. And I remember I had to compete against 40 people. And I was the only person that got the yes in that, at that stage, you know, singing and singing and singing. And then um, they called me. And when they called me, I was actually going for my, like I said, like it was during the time I was having my NYSC. So then I told, uh, I told my, um, I think they call it PPA now or something. So sorry, it's been a very long time, so I can't remember what we did, but I think it's a PPA where I'm supposed to be. I went to my camp, I did my three weeks camp. So that's the three weeks camp, but I even went for the audition anyway. Then I just told them, you know, I got this and I have to go to PFM. So I got a letter. So they, uh, MTN um, had to give me a letter that I was going to give to them so that they could just allow me. So that was how I was able to even get into Project Fame in the first place. So then I did that and I got in. And then that was the point where it clicked for me that, okay, I think um almost certain now that I have something that a lot of people want to listen to, you know, because there was a lot of us, you know, and they kept cutting down, you know, to, to, from top, from top 100 to top 50 to top 25 to the top 18. The top 25 isn't, doesn't even get to go into the house, but they show everybody then top, I think about top 18 go into the house. And I remember them we going in, they were picking and picking, and that's how I got into peace. And then the journey was 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 um the journey at PFM for me was one of the major things that shaped my knowledge in music. Although I had been doing a lot of things in music, but that was the first place where I had like a professional, a professional um um, sort of influence into my music world. So, because we were being trained every day, there was Missy Gay, there was Uncle Ben, there was Chuckie Silva, you know, there was just everybody. So, every day we were learning about how to use our voices. There was pressure because, you know, you had to deliver, you had to score a song. When you collect your song on Monday, you have to score it in like two days because as a fourth day, you're already realizing for how you what you're going to do it on stage, you know. So it's like you stepped up the game, and we all had to buckle up. I had to buckle up. It was a lot of pressure, you know. It's it's a lot of pressure, especially because it's a competition. So you have to bring your A game every time, and it was amazing because I mean I never got. I never got on an eviction board. I was always, it was just always, I happened to be, and I, I, then I became one of the favorite contestants. I feel like one of the most talked about, like 
everybody thought I was gonna win, you know. But then I came up feeling like I won because there was so much. I I came up as the I was the fourth runner up. I was so it, it was such a life changing journey for me because I learned so much about performance. I learned so much about this, you know, music, the emoting, you know, there's so much that I learned. It's, it's not even, it's so packed. I learned and I, I got to learn about myself because in that, in that competition, you get broken, there are times when you're down, you're crying, you don't even know. It's like the world is ending for you because things is not going right. Maybe your performance, your, your rehearsal is just not going well. I remember having a lot of rehearsals where it was just a lot of mistakes and I was just thinking that, oh my God, like, it's just frustrating, really. People won't understand until you're in that position, really. But every time I would get on the stage, I realized that that's when I understood that you can actually turn your nerves, turn all of your your fears, you know, the nerves you have before going on stage, you turn it into like an adrenaline for you on stage and you perform. That's when I learned how to um, creatively, to recreate your mistakes on stage. So if you lose your words, if you don't remember something, just create something. Nobody needs to know that something happened because that's what a performer is. You know, So I learned so much. My journey in British fame was absolutely amazing. I met amazing friends, amazing singers. It pretty much shaped my, the, 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 it pretty much was, I would say that a, a pivotal point, a, a, a core to the, um, the beginning of everything that I'm doing now because that was, a very life-changing experience for me. So that's my film journey was just it was one word. It was really, really life-changing. It was I was I was I learned so much. After Project Film, because I mean, and this is we right now we are one of the viewers. We see people that go for Project Film and be like, oh, so once they come out, you know, they pursue their music. I mean, at least for someone that gets into the top five. A lot of us viewers, when we watch this project film, we have this mentality of the winner, the second runner, of the third, the fourth, and the fifth. You know, they go out there and they pursue their music career, and we are giving them in nothing less than one year or two year or three years. You know, give or take, they should blow up, and you know, the song yeah. should be everything. yeah. So, what happened between when you finish, uh, you know, project film, and now? Take us through that journey. Project Fame, after Project Fame, yes, of course, like I won money. I was, you know, there was a fame. And I mean, it was serious fame. Like I was everywhere. You know, there was so many things. In fact, and then they did this thing where we had collaborations with actual big artists that was out there at that time. So that's when I did my first song called Anything For You. I did Anything For You with Praise. You know, and um, when the song came out, it was it was loved and accepted by everyone. You know, but already, it's I feel like what people think happens after a competition, it's not the same as what actually really happens. It's two different things entirely. People feel like when you come out from a competition, it's you're gonna blow. 
like immediately things are going to happen, but that's not how it is. There's, there's a business part of music. There's a way that these things go, you know, so sometimes you might come out of, like, oh, let me speak for myself. Like I came out of Project Fame and I had so many offers. I had so many, well, these sponsors, this, the thing is you have so, I had so many people telling me about all the plans they wanted to do for me, join my label, join this, you know, but the truth is, as at that time, because you are new to the professional side of music, so you're going to make a lot of mistakes like I did. I made a lot of mistakes coming out because obviously, like, I was just a newbie in this artist thing, like me being my own artist and all. So people who were, who were supposed to invest in music and say, okay, we're pushing you and this, and then they say all of that, you create contrast, all of that, then you realize that they don't keep up to be a part of the contract. You Then you begin to really understand the politics that is in, in music. That's why if you, if you look through um, um, a lot of competitions, like you probably, the amount of people that have gone to competition and the amount of people that have blown from competition is the numbers are very small. You'll probably not be able to count up to maybe like five people that are really big from the competition because when you actually come out, it's a whole different ball game. Like number one, the world because everything the world sees is glitz and glamour when you're on stage. You're dressed up, everybody sees this famous girl, like you're a popular super celebrity star. But the truth is the the you, the the real life you, you're not. You can't you don't they just, I don't know, somehow going to competitions, people just feel like you must be a billionaire once you come out. So everybody is asking you for money. Everybody's expecting something from you. Everybody's expecting you to wear expensive clothes. Everybody's expecting you to drive expensive cars. Like, it's like the expectation is out of this world. You can't even walk on your street in peace anymore. People are chasing you, calling your name. Every, you know, it's it, it's... Competitions are great, but I feel like they don't mentally prepare um, their, their contestants for the life after competition. You know, how to handle it, how to still be yourself and remain sane so you don't let all the, the fame and everything get into your head and then you start to try to live higher than the life you know you really have because you are trying to be seen a certain way you don't you don't want people to see you lesser than how they've seen you on stage you know so you start to live a fake life and all of that that's really what happens in that world but for me you know i tried my best to initially when i came out i tried my best to just keep up do this do that but i mean i for one i learned very quickly very, very quickly, and I, and I didn't let that get to me at all. That okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to fake what my life is like. I'm just gonna live according to how I am. Like when when things happen to me, I give glory to God. Like I move to another stage, you know. But after after P fame, it wasn't all roses. There was just a lot of bumps here and there, disappointments from people who you're supposed to work with. A lot of people weren't made promises about working with me. They disappointed me. It was just a lot of disappointments. And then, you know, I started having to find 
my journey all over again. Like just find myself, find my own peace. Now I started learning, you know, going through the actual process, meeting different people, getting my own connect. Okay. At some point, it just felt very draining because a lot of people don't even want to, they don't want to, the music that I had released and praise, I remember I was trying to say, okay, the 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 there were there were premises that they had made that you know they were supposed to do maybe a video for it and push it and do a lot of things you know but even they were not meeting that end so and I wanted to try to do a video myself for it but a lot of the people that want to even do that for me wouldn't want to do that because they don't they don't want to do it and then find out that it gets sued later on for because uh, you know interest might just be clashing so there was just a lot of legal things contractual things you know disappoint a lot of things that just was um holding me back then you know so i would try i remember i did that was around the time uh hello was out so i did a hello cover i i just was putting out like small things but i wasn't putting up my own song and then I joined another um then I got another sponsor whom we had done everything was supposed to work and all of that just last minute he backed out of the whole project then I had to start all over again and then meet another go for meetings every time from one place to another went to see another person after a while that happened to me a lot you know through my life because it felt like everything out here was working with money alone. You couldn't get the radio stations, the TV, like a lot of them to maybe, if you, you could not even um, get <clears throat> producers to just be, how do you stop producing for free for you? It doesn't work because you might not have enough money to pay them. And the people who are supposed to collaborate, like partner with you so that they can do that, uh, it was just a really great, honestly. This it's a lot of things I can't even remember everything, you know. But I just know that as at that point, it was from one disappointment to another. That happened a lot. Now looking back at those things, I understand the reason why I had to go through that, you know, because it's important. Because I had to learn in the middle of that, where so I learned about the industry, I learned about. The music I learned about a lot of things. I learned about royalties, publishing, you know, all of these things. Then I moved from there to joining an another a, a, a company. I was working with them, writing for artists. So I I basically moved from that journey. Then at some point, I I remember I even faced depression. I stepped back. And when I stepped back, I um then started working back stage like I wasn't I wasn't pushing the artist but I was I was still trying to push the artist but but at the same time I was just taking a step back to work because at the same time I had to make a living for myself so I started working you know for people right for companies for adverts you know doing a lot of that I started writing and doing adverts a lot of that. So I, I just entered into the business part of music and started doing that for a while. You know, so that's basically how you know the journey has been. And that's where I, I started from. Also, even with that, I still faced 
my disappointments because I joined another. Then I got I I got um signed into another management. You know, there's a lot of issues with that management too. I ended up leaving. You know, then at that point I knew that okay, I wanted to do it by myself. Now my next question to you is going to be this: At what point now did you now decide to say okay, you know what? I think. And mentally, because like you already said, you mentioned at some point you were depressed and you had to step back. At what point did you now say, okay, you know what? I'm mentally ready to go back and push, you know, the music aspect, that artist aspect of me. I want to get back to releasing music. I want to start putting myself out there again as a music artist, you know. And what was the first song you did, you know, coming after from that, or should I say coming back to yourself as a music artist? After a couple of years, I had learned so much. So, and I wasn't only learning so much about the industry, I was learning about myself too. I had found a sound and it was mine. You know, I, I, I had gotten to a point where I understood my tone. You know, there was just a more, I became a more mature seasoned singer. Like I understood myself much better. I became more comfortable in my skin, you know. So at the point I knew that I was ready was when I realized I could define what I wanted. I could define where I wanted to go. Number two, I could, um, I also could separate my happiness or my joy from you know, this thing that I wanted to do. Yes, my happiness and my joy is in what I want to do, but at the point where I became a happy person myself, like I found joy in me, you know, so I had to first understand that with or without anything, I am content with who I am. I am proud of what I've done. I am, you know, so how do I put it, like, I got to a point where I realized that my, because what was causing depression was because I felt like if I didn't blow as a musical artist, then my life was worthless. Like I didn't know what, what was I doing, you know? So everything was centered around that. And then I had to understand that my joy doesn't come from whether or not I blow. My joy is in beauty, is from God, you know. So if you love yourself, I had to first fall in love with myself again and find joy in myself. So um, I, I then I'm not seeking validation from, you know, what people say basically doesn't make me feel less or make me. So when I became, at that point where I knew that, I'm a lot more comfortable in my own skin and I'm okay. And I understood my purpose. I understood my journey. So then I had already learned at that point, I already learned how to enjoy the process. So I knew that, okay, at this point, I understand my tone. I can define my goals. I know what I want. What, do, what exactly do I want out of this music? Why do I want to do it? Like I'd already be, there were add questions I asked myself that I could now answer, you know, peacefully. And at this point, I knew that, okay, I wanted to, I wanted to do music, but it, it wasn't going to be what was going to um, um, 
it's not it's not gonna it's it's not gonna do what it, it did to me basically before so at that point i knew that okay now i want to step out i want to do music and i had worked a lot in the business part i mean i've done adverts for big milk and tea salads airtel like i've done so much that I I was I was doing so well in the business part now, so now it's not like if I don't blow I won't make a living, you know. So now I could help myself. Also, I could I now learned that okay, in a little way that you can even if you don't have everything, push now you can push yourself a bit, you know, so you can step out of the light. So that's the point where I realized that okay, I wanted to do this, and I knew that. Also, I had a lot of fans who kept, who stayed with me through my journey. And, you know, I love my fans so much and they deserve to, to also, you know, hear this voice that they so love and everything you used to do to them, bless them, heal them, all of that. They deserved it. So I told myself, okay, I was going to do this. Then the first song I, I, I released after that was actually, is a song called Stay Alive. The Stay Alive was actually a story about a friend of mine that, oh, like, she literally committed suicide. Because she's also a musical artist. The same issues of depression and feeling like you're worthless, like, you know, like, what are you doing with your life? And she was also facing maybe like relationship issues. So, however, I hadn't spoken to her in a very long time. She was a distant friend. So I heard I heard a story from another person who was telling me, oh, this girl did this, she poisoned herself. And thank God they found her or she would have been dead and all of that. And I was retouched. And that story touched me so much. I, I I started writing again. I mean, I've 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 recorded a lot of songs in my life, even before that. That's not that's not my first recording. I have a lot of songs recorded already, but that one was really special to me because it talked about depression and it talked about staying alive and fighting, you know. So and I could relate to the story, I could understand her journey. So I did that song. It's so dear to my heart because I wrote every word, you know, feeling exactly what she must have been feeling in, in those moments, you know. So I wrote that and that was the first thing I released. Let's talk about what you are working on right about now. Is there any new song that you are putting out? Is there a video? And you rightly mentioned your fans that are stick with you from the Project Fame days up until now. What should it be expecting from you? Now I am fully ready. I'm mentally and emotionally ready, you know, to start this journey all over again. So like I said, um, I put out Stay Alive. After Stay Alive, I did um, I did a series called Tales by Moonlight. There were original series that had three original songs that I did. There were short pieces. So I also put that out. It's also on my YouTube. You know, I did uh, um, <clears throat> after that. So I done Tales by Moonlight series. And then I released, I recently released a song called Breathe. You know, so it's buzzing right now. It's on radio stations. It's it's getting like really amazing streams right now. So Breathe is out already. So my fans, uh, they're in for so many if they are in for an amazing journey because i am going to be now i'm going to let them into every emotion 
that I feel because now I can I can put everything into the into my music and just sing it to them. And I know some of them can relate with it. And they are gonna be there's gonna be exciting music, dancing, I'm a piano, high life. We're just gonna go on a trip to enjoy ourselves, you know, basically. So like I said, breathe is out already on all platforms and then my EP, my EP basically has like uh, has about six songs. Yeah, I think six songs. So that EP is called Done because it tells you my story. Like when you say Done, D A W N or D O N. Yes, D A W N. Done. Okay. Like in the morning okay. it's morning the sunset you know so it's for me i i i named that ep done because it's the beginning of the new thing it's it's freshness it's you're waking up to something now it's like i'm telling people now i'm about to start and because uh, i've always believed that there's all the darkness that happened it's just what happens like it's darkest before the dawn basically in the day, that's the darkest part, just before the dawn. So now it's the dawn and new things are about to happen. And in the EP, um, my EP, I have a, a lot of beautiful songs there. There's Eleni or there's Sheree, there's Bree. There's, I also featured um, Mike Okri in one of my songs called So Good. You would be shocked. You just need to go and listen to it. So you'll be shocked at what Michael Chris sounds like because you would expect that the per- that legend that went that sang time Namoni, you know, there's the way you expect him to sound, but this man is still versatile, like he can do anything, you know. So it's so beautiful. The music is so beautiful, like every part of that music is what I, I, I made with the whole of my heart. And then it was produced by the Grammy award-winning producer, VTech, the awesome. That's to tell you that what is in that EP is quality. Okay. Uh, first of all, let me say, you know, congratulations on the release of your new um, EP. And, um, you know, like she rightly said, guys, Chacha Nation, the EP is on every streaming platform. It is titled Done uh, by Arewa. Yeah, so make sure you guys go and listen to that EP. And like you already said, the EP is full of quality. And you already know that on the Chatter Spotlight series, I do not bring artists that don't have you or to take. So for me to have her on this episode, you already know that she is fire. And now we are going to test how much of a fire she is by giving her the opportunity to do a little freestyle for us. Yes, yeah, so the floor is yours. Please give us a little freestyle. I am left with the way you left me, baby. I am left with the things you do, my baby. I am left with the way you left me, baby. I am left with the things you do. So don't you ever, ever walk away from me. Cause you leave my star with no stars. Oh, baby, oh, baby. Don't matter if bad or good. I'll stay. 
Okay, sorry, for some you just managed that one. <laughs> <laughs> now that we are done with the whole, you know, music part and, uh, you know, let's just try to, you know, wrap up this whole interview and let us not talk about, you know, music. Outside music, who would you say you are as a person outside music? Yeah, I like to, outside music, I like to go um, see new restaurants. Like to eat at new restaurants, just check out restaurants. I love movies a lot. So I love to watch action movies and uh, adventurous movies too. Um, I like to have conversations, like, you know, I like to play games. I love to play what, you know, so outside music, I really love to have fun. Like, I'm not uh, so much of a club person or. You know, just jump everywhere. But I love family, quality family time. I love to be with my friends and just, you know, we can talk about different topics. We can watch a movie. We could play games. I really love playing games. You know, um, there's this game called Giddy Watts. It's one of my favorite, you know, ask questions, we answer. I love to go to the cinema and watch new movies, you know. So, yeah, I like to have fun. Okay. I'm glad that you said, you know, you like to play game. I have a quick game I want you to play. And um, so here is the game. I'm going to mention three names. I am going to mention who you are going to pick, who you are going to take home to mommy, and then who you just ignore. Are you ready? Yeah. We have Portable, we have Small Doctor, and we have Shanko Rashidi. Okay. I'm definitely going to ignore Portable. Uh, I'll probably kiss my doctor, and then the, uh, oh no no, <sighs> I don't even like. Honestly speaking, none of these people are in my category. <laughs> but if I had to, who, who is Shanko Rashid? I can't even remember who he is, <laughs> so I don't even remember what he even looks like. So, but I mean, out of it, I think I would probably just take my doctor to my mom, and then. Kiss Shanko Rashidi because I can't even kiss Potable. So I'll ignore Potable. So I think that would be my pick. Okay. Okay. Um, once again, thank you very much for being um on the podcast. It's been a thank very, you. very interesting um, you know, conversation. Uh, you know, thank I you have congratulations on the release of your new EP. Is there going to be any plan of you know dropping? one or two videos from the EP. Oh, yes. yes. When should it be yes. expecting the video? Yes, you should be. You should expect the video like very soon, like a week after now. Okay. Just expect the video to drop. Okay, so any final word for your day one fans, for the new fans you'll be getting after, you know, this episode drops? Because trust me, I know my Chacha gang, they will definitely go out and stream the EP. Um... I just want to say thank you very much to my amazing fans that have stuck with me. They've been with me through thick and thin, even when I wasn't, you know, <clears throat> giving them everything they wanted. They were still with me. I am so appreciative. I do not take that for granted. And I want you all to know that I heard everything that you guys said and now I'm listening to you. And from now on, you're not going to have to look for me anymore because I'm going to be bringing amazing music to your doorstep 
every time. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to have concerts. We're going to, we're going to have live performances. I have so much in store for all of my fans to come. And I just, I am so thankful for everything that you guys, I mean, literally I'm, I'm here right now because you guys are streaming, you're listening to my music, you, you still believe. So I'm, I'm just very grateful. Thank you so much to all my fans. All right. Um, and please, help, please, everybody go and stream. My fans go and stream my song. Oh, please help your girl. You know, I'm just coming on here. Don't send me back. Go and stream my songs. Yes, thank you. And I trust you guys to do that. I love you all. Definitely, they are going to do that. Once again, uh, thank you very much, Arewa, for being on the platform. Thank you pleasure. Uh, you know, to every cha-cha gang, uh, you know, for listening to it. And by the way, shout out to my big boss, uh, Tony Doe, for, you know, linking us up. Thank you very much for, you know, always watching us. Yay! Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I had, to, I had to throw that in. Now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and members of the cha-cha nation, this is where... We have come to the end of this uh, particular episode. So, like, come here with another episode. My name will always remain a Nova, a.k.a. your musical plug, creator of the energy force. Remember, keep the energy, keep it positive, and keep it 100. Peace out. Watch him go.